Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by comedian and writer Orla Doherty because Orla is speaking at the Shine Festival today, which is an event, covers lots of topics like resilience, um, self-esteem, social issues. And it's all about empowering young women, the women of Ireland, basically, young girls. But Orla recently wrote a really powerful piece on discovering she was gay as a young adult and what it was like to come out in 1990s Ireland. Orla, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Andrew. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I imagine, I suppose back in, you know, back in, in the early 90s, um, wasn't something that was really spoken about. No, it was definitely frowned upon. Um, you know, when I was in, in the piece that I wrote yesterday, I talked about literally being nine years old and having the part of a tree in a school play and just... I suppose, for want of a better phrase, falling in love with the lead actress. And I didn't understand what it meant um, to have those feelings, you know, and, and some of her friends were laughing at me. And so from a very, very young age, I knew there was something amiss. And I think it's, you know, because of the Catholic upbringing mm. and back in the day, it was just definitely a big no-no. And so I was just afraid to even talk about it. Um, I mean, we all were. I have friends even nowadays who at the time in high school, High school. That's my American coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we we knew we were gay then, but we never told each other until late twenties and thirties. You know, so it was just we, you know it was just uh, we were afraid. Um, and si- sitting in the classroom um, in Dublin, really yeah, at, at that Barnack. stage, yeah. <laughs> you know, and particularly at that that stage when you're in the kind of the teenage years, and it's all chat about who you fancy, and you know, yeah. somebody in the class, and and this kind of thing. Like, how difficult was that then, Orla? Yeah, it was definitely tough. I was a bit of a misfit. I was definitely a joker um, and tried to fit in with basically, you know, you have, you know, cliques and, you know, yeah. some of the girls were into Duran Duran, some were into The Cure. And I, I kind of dabbled in a bit of everything to try and just fit in. Um, and I always, you know, said I fancied so and so and I fancied him. I, fa- You know, you just sort of pretend. It was my whole life up until I was about 30 was kind of pretending, um, which was tough. But I suppose... I was so used to it after a while, it just became second nature, you know, that I just didn't want anybody to know. And as I said in the in the piece I wrote mm. yesterday, I kind of launched myself into Love and Holy Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Off I went to Lourdes with my Nana and, you know, did everything I could to sort of, you know, get away from it and be saved from it because I was told I'd go to hell. You know, it's tough. When did that change or what changed for you that you decided I... No, actually, I want to talk about this. Yeah, so I, I had gone to England for a couple of years when I left school to become a professional squash player. And I had a boyfriend over there and, and you know, he was lovely. And I'm yeah. still very good friends with him now. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is great now, I'm sorted. But then I I fell in love with a woman and long story short, she broke my heart. I came back to Dublin in 92 and I was really heartbroken and I couldn't talk to anybody about it because it was so frowned upon. So I got a job in Break for the Border. You're probably much too young to remember Break for the Border. It was just around the corner, the corner here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the corner, yeah. No, I was fairly recently, actually, yeah. Yeah, and for the, I was part of the opening crew and um, I met, the, the people in there were just like a second family to me and I had sort of come to the point where I needed to tell I told some people one fellow he kind of struck me as being a little bit effeminate so I kind of confided in him and sure enough he was gay and and the more I talked about it in private I ended up calling a helpline like we didn't have 
you know, mm. computers back then. So in the yellow pages, there was this helpline, you know, if you think you're gay. And I called it and um, I found a great community of people, but it was all underground. You know, we went to the Parliament yeah. and the George, but you were, you know, skulking around and hoping nobody would see you. And at that point, um, I discovered I'm not the only person who has felt this way for my teenage years. And I, the people were like, no, there's a group of us and it was a community. So I brought some of them out to Port Marnock to meet my family and, and um my mom and dad used to call them the weirdos that you'd hang out with. And and then one day I just said, I have to, because I was very close to my family, always mm. was. And I just wrote a letter and um, I wrote to my mom and I said, you know, those people that I've been hanging around with are gay. And I couldn't even bring myself to say the words, I'm gay. Okay. So I said in the letter, I said, I'm also one of those people. And um, I went to the beach with the dog and left the letter on the kitchen table and about 20 minutes later, came home and there was my lovely mom, God bless her, hi, Fissy, sitting with a hot whiskey and a teacup. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she said to me, Orla, what do you do? <laughs> Which, you know, at the time was an odd question. But uh, we laugh about it now. And, you know, she and her sister um, basically thought I was a phase I was going through because I always had these phases. I was a cure head and then I wanted to be a nun and then mm. this, that and the other. And it was my dad really who took it hard um, because okay. it was 1992 and it was illegal for yeah. men to be gay. Okay. And to be honest, I thought it was illegal for women. I only found out yesterday it was illegal for men, which is even more odd. You know, yeah. Why would it not be legal for women? Um, and my dad sort of took me into a room and said, look, you're not going to survive in this country because you'll just get teased or bullied or whatever. And so he suggested I apply to get a green card to go to the United to the United States. And at, at the time, it was like a lottery, and I won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally, yeah, within, yeah. And within months, I was in San Francisco. Um, and then, of course, three months later, they legalized it. <laughs> so yeah. I'd gone, but I ended up staying in America for twenty-two years, and my life was you know, completely different. Go back a few steps there for a moment, Orla. What age were you when you when, when you left that letter for your parents? I was 21. You're 21 then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was 1992. So uh, effectively, like the advice from your folks at the time was you're better off, like they felt nearly for you that you were better off not being here and to go like yeah. and, and, and leave. Yeah. And that, that has to be very hard for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if I even had a choice. Um, like I talk at the Shine Festival about it and somebody asked mm. me, what would you have done if you'd stayed? And I don't really know. I, I, you know, I joke and say maybe I would have married a farmer and, you know, who knows, but I would never have been myself. And so I think my dad, he always had the foresight and he always sort of gave me the right advice at the right time, even if I didn't believe it. And I think he probably knew if I left and then was accepted in another country, and obviously mm. was much more accepting in, in the United States, especially in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, which was at the time the biggest gay capital in the world. Um, um, and I did blossom as a person in America and always remained in touch with my parents. They visited me. I came home a lot. And, you know, I was married in America, my both my parents came and they embraced it. But my dad once said to me, because I said to him before he passed away years ago, you know, what what is it about the, me being gay that you don't like? And he said, well, Orla, it's a bit like the 50 mile an hour speed limit. I don't like it, but I do it. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I handle it, you know. And he was, you know, he, he loved me to death. And yeah. um, I think it was just hard because our parents just do what their parents taught yeah. them to do. It's it was no, just a different place, really, know, wasn't it? And, and they taught us the best they, they could. I don't blame anybody for I anything. Know, you I know, know yeah. Um, but, he, you know, they embraced me and they still embrace me. My mom is still alive and, you know, 
she loves me to death. You know, and it's just I'm delighted to be home. Um, How long are you home, Orla? So I moved back in 2016, right okay, after, so after fine, yeah. the marriage referendum. Um, you were back just after that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was that like watching that then from afar? It was amazing. I remember it distinctly. I was in Arizona and it was, so we were, what were we, five, six hours behind. So, and it went on to late into the night yeah. here, I think. But I remember staying up with my family, my family then in America and um, I cried. I, I cried because you just have these flashbacks to when I was living here and when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 and how afraid we were to express ourselves or you know and I did I bawled crying actually and then I got a tattoo on my ankle with the Taw you know remember it said Taw was the, the logo yeah. at the time um, so coming home then um, and just watching the celebrations among friends and even people as I said to you earlier people who I didn't know were gay when I was at school were openly celebrating mm. it was just very very emotional and I wouldn't be the type to sort of you know go around topless with blue boobs at the parades or anything like that. I'm not like a massive big rainbow person, but it does mean a lot that this is who I am and and it is okay to celebrate it. I imagine though there's probably an element of when you look at, we'll say, the the now 21-year-old Orlas, you know, growing yeah. up in Ireland and how their lives are so different to and how the conversations, that very conversation that you had with your dad in yeah. 1992, it's now so different where, uh, where nobody's saying... It really go is. to San Francisco or go to the States or I know. You know. But that to me is heartwarming. Like yes. I have no no bitterness, no regret. I got some lovely texts yesterday after this article came out from uh, one woman in particular and she said, My daughter is sixteen and she came out to us a year ago and she said, I'm so proud of her and happy for her and when I read your article it was both heartbreaking but heartwarming as well. And I love to hear these stories now that people yeah. can come out and can be comfortable because it was you know, I'm not gonna lie, I went into a massive depression and you think about ending it all and, and you know I don't think that needs to happen anymore because it is accepted and, and parents do embrace their children um, and this is why it's so great to speak the Shine Festival Yeah Well I suppose yeah. th- th- that's, that's why you're there really isn't it you're, you're, you're yeah. talking to people about it you know I mentioned at the start the kind of the self esteem and the social yeah. issues and the resilience but it, like that's kind of been your journey over the past number of decades. I'd say I've only come into my real self in the last yeah. five or six years, to be honest. And here yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is mad yeah. considering I lived half my life in, in, in the States. Do you miss the States? I miss my friends because I, I ended up living in California for 10 years, which is such a great place to live. And, and I, I made a whole bunch of friends there and I do miss them. Um, and I miss the crack that you have. But then do you know what? I miss the banter of Ireland it's so different here. In what way, it, Orla? Just, you know, it's... I, you know, well, when I moved home, you probably know this, um, people thought I should be doing stand-up comedy. But I think every Irish person is funny. Like, you and I can have a conversation. We make each other laugh just by the way we talk. But, yeah. it, but here, it's... I don't know where I'm going with this, but I did do stand-up comedy for a while. But I just think... What was your question now? <laughs> Sorry, I've lost I was, of myself here. Everybody's laughing at I me. Was a, I, was a, I was a different... Oh, yeah, right. yeah, I was so, changed. But. Uh, well, yeah, I, like, I spent a lot of time in Prague at the moment too because my partner is in Prague and it's really difficult because I'll go into a shop, for example, and I'll try to say, how's it going? Lovely mm. day out there. Nobody wants to have the chat. And that's why when I'm here in Dublin, 
you walk down the street and you talk to anybody and everybody, the Irish people just will have yeah, the chats. It is and kind even of the mad, taxi, like taxi drivers come. I mean, they, I feel like I know <laughs> the taxi driver and his, his marriage and his kids. And it's a different culture. And I don't think there's anyone like it in the world. Yeah. It's Irish fascinating. Are, we were talking about how friendly, um, well, just how friendly we are Irish people on I the know. show last week, you yeah. know. And, and, and it's love. It is actually really nice to hear the, the positive sentiment thing. around yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to people? Like, what are you saying to people today at the Shine Festival? I know you were there earlier this morning. You're going yeah. back now this afternoon. But yeah. what do you say to people, um, and even listening to this, Orla, who are kind of at that point where you were in 92, where just having, I suppose, the the confidence or the courage or the timing to chat to their folks, speak to somebody and just that, yeah. the what to say and like... Well, I suppose, you know, the reason I wrote the, the article was twofold. First of all, I want to, that any any young people out there who are afraid to talk about it, mm. not to be afraid, right? And the second reason I wrote it is because there are people my age now who, some people I think still haven't come out, you know, and... I just hope it resonates with people that it is okay just to be yourself. I mean, I was I wasn't myself for up until I was, you know, late 20s. And so anybody who's in their teens, especially the girls I'm talking to today, it's it's okay. And your parents will accept you and your friends Mm -hmm. will accept you. And if you surround yourself with the right group of people, um, be yourself and believe in yourself. Like I wish I believed in myself the way I do now Yeah. Um, when I was 14 or 15. Have you had any experience of homophobic attitudes since you've come home? Because I, I asked that because we, we, we've talked previously on the show about just experiences that people have had and you know how, how just how really terrible and difficult it is for people. Yeah, I've been very lucky and I'd say I haven't. Um, if I do, it's probably in my own head. I, 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 I said in the article yesterday, sometimes I'm even still afraid to say I'm gay because I was indoctrinated to believe that being gay was wrong. And, and like I do occasionally if I'm somewhere in public and I think maybe that person looks like they may not appreciate that I'm gay. I definitely have this feeling build up inside and I'd be afraid to just like I'm not open all the time mm. about it. And that's just something I need to get over with. But I, I haven't actually experienced anybody be rude or mean yeah. to me. I'm lucky. In yeah. that sense, good because, stuff. Yeah, I know. Listen, Orla, it's been a real pleasure. Oh, yeah, d- thanks a million to for meet having you. me on. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, no, delighted to have you in today, uh, writer and comedian Orla Doherty. Orla, as I mentioned, speaking back at the Shine Festival that's taking place uh, this afternoon in Dublin. But Orla, thanks a million for Thank your time you, here. Yep. Yeah, on the program today. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com As always, that is the email address if you want to get in touch with us on the programs. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.